Picture this, two guys trapped in the South Charleston Public Library. One guy loves movies, the other, well, he'd rather be watching reality TV. Can they survive each other's films? Find out on Real Opposites, a library podcast about movies. Hosted by Josh and Aaron from the South Charleston Public Library. Hey guys, and welcome back to The Real Opposites. I'm Aaron. I'm Josh. And today we are joined by our special guest, Todd. Oh, hi, podcast. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. (laughs) What do you want to talk about? All right. So we... (laughs) Don't talk about me. (laughs) So we are going to discuss this week the movies that I think Todd chose... I think so, yeah. Yeah. Kind of a discussion. We did The Room, and then the movie made off the book about making The Room disaster artists. It was a little different this time. We took a little field trip to the movies. They were showing it in theaters um, for the 20th anniversary. 20th to the day. Yes. So we went, and we actually went to the movies to see it. So that was an experience, but we'll get to that. It was something. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess maybe we'll start with, since I think this was originally your idea, Todd, we'll start with you and why you thought this was what we should watch. Well, the question is, why wouldn't we watch this? <laughs> um, I, I, I think I first watched this movie maybe 10 years ago. I had already seen Troll 2 and had become obsessed with that. And then I, I kept hearing these horror stories about this movie, The Room, and I, I just... I put it upon myself and I bought a DVD and I watched it and it was terrible, uh, but I loved every minute of it. Now, was this prior to them making The Disaster Artist or was it after that was already out as well? Yeah, this was this was at least 10 years ago or so when I first saw it. So Disaster Artist came out in what? 2017. 2017. Um, and I'd read, I've, I've read the book as well, The Disaster Artist, so that you know made me interested, obviously, in seeing the movie. It's just a really... Bad, fun movie to watch. Yeah. And I think it's it's perfect. It seems it like... Magnificent train wreck. <laughs> it seems like every time you're on here, that's what we do. Yeah. Bad movies. Yeah. See, he picks, like, fun bad movies. You I, pick 17 again. That was a good movie. <laughs> it's not even a bad movie. It's just a good movie. I like movies that are that are bad, not on purpose. Yeah. Right. Like like Troll Two in the room, and right? Stuff like that. Masters um, of the Universe. Masters of the Universe. Um, <laughs> it is. I liked that movie. I'm nostalgic the, for that. Definitely. The pain but, in Todd's face is evident. <laughs> but it is a bad movie. It's a low um, blow. Sorry. <laughs> but there's there's something endearing about these bad movies. They are. People put a lot of time and thought into them. Uh, well, maybe. Frank Langella uh, did. Yeah. Masters of the Universe. <laughs> I don't know how much. I think Tommy wrote the script for The Room in probably a day. Actually, he had a novel. It was already written. He had a 530-page written novel that like, he already had on hand. Um, it's not published, but that's what The Room came from. It's like his handwritten That'll be a bestseller novel. if it gets published. Yeah. There's a market for it. Just sitting on money there. Literally dozens of copies will sell. Uh, yeah. <laughs> dozens. Dozens. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just thought I would let you know. No, that I is just, the that is the case. No, that's, no, that I mean that went. We just all were sitting here. <laughs> we, well, we all we all watched the room. Yeah, and we all sat as we as we're supposed to in a dark theater and that's, watched. That's correct. Masterpiece of the. Cinema. I did not watch it on my phone. So there's it's true. That. 
But you but were, you did have to focus. I did have to focus. Unfortunately. Uh, yes. I was going to say, unfortunately, the, I could have probably skipped the first half of the movie and been okay. <laughs> that's okay. Cause that's like, so I was like, there's an interesting statistic. 10% of the film is sex scenes. Yes. Did you notice, did you notice that I think it was maybe the third or fourth sex scene? I think scene. the third one that it's the, sorry, go ahead. Well, the, I, I think, I think we're talking about different things, but I know what you're talking about. I just noticed when we were in the theater that a large group of people got up to use the restroom during like the third or fourth <laughs> sex scene. <laughs> <laughs> they, they knew it was going to be like a little three, four minute break. Right. Yeah. I <laughs> need some refreshments or empty your bladder. Just go. Man, I tell you what, if I if we hadn't went to the movies and watched it, I probably would have checked out, honestly, 100%, which would have been sad because the rest of the movie is great. I mean, it's badly great. Yeah. But man, it's... I. They go on. I second-guessed what y'all took me to, to be honest. <laughs> it was like... Uh, this is a weird movie to watch with your coworkers. Right, is that what yeah. you were thinking? <laughs> I was like, okay, uh, this is not a normal movie. It definitely felt like we were watching like an old-school Cinemax movie. Yeah. Or, yeah. You know. And, and it's like, uh, so unnecessary for one. I get well, They're wh- so long. Because they're so long, and they're so wrong. Like, they're just... Just anatomically. Yeah, everything about it is... (laughs) It's not sexy. It's not sexy. I don't think they even know how to. It's like like it does... in the wrong positions It doesn't make sense sense. whatsoever. So it's just... Oh, it was rough. It was definitely rough. And the first and the third one are the same sex scene. It wasn't in the script, but he put the, like, extra stuff from the first sex scene where the candles are lit and everything. Mm Mm-hmm. He made that another sex scene. It's like nice. the same. Yeah, sex scene. you see the flowers. Yeah, mm-hmm. that whole thing mm-hmm. again. They just must have a bunch of flowers around. You couldn't right. try to make the bad <laughs> movie like this. But but I will say once it got past that because obviously as I've said on here many times, unnecessary scenes like that, just love scenes that are unnecessary, just it's too much. And those were way too much. And I felt like it was half the movie. I, I, it, obviously, they, it probably wasn't because if it was only ten percent. Yeah, well, I mean, that's still like that's ten. That's like ten minutes of the movie. Well, I felt like it was thirty. It feels they feel like, very for long. real. It felt like thirty to me, and it was one of those things. Like it was like, oh, great, it's finally over. Let's move on. And five oh, minutes later, never mind. Here we go again. <laughs> like you couldn't escape it. And, and who's in the starring role? The the actor, the writer, producer, director. Right. He, everything. He he wrote that just so he could be in a sex scene. I think. Yeah, I was reading that in the book. He he he's very fond of his own butt. Clearly, um, where's the two belts? Where's that's why he wears the. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like the one like it like lifts. The- <laughs> yeah, it lifts his butt as he says that. Yeah, he's oh, like, no, Lord. it makes my butt look good. So wild, <laughs> but but the rest of the movie, I mean, it, it, I enjoyed it. I really did. It was it was a lot of fun. Once we got past that, I like. It was rough, but once we got past that, it, I enjoyed the whole thing. It was hilarious. I understand it was rough for you, but it was comedic gold oh, yeah. for me. Like me and Josh were dying through <laughs> all of the sex scenes. See, it was to the, it was to the point where it was like beyond funny. It was just annoying. <laughs> we were just commenting on how how like why yeah <laughs> like how awkward they are. I think after you see it a couple a couple times, you appreciate the ridiculous. Yeah, maybe of the sex. I doubt I ever yeah. will, but maybe. <laughs> Showgirls level here. 
something like that. But I mean, then you get on to everything else and it's like the storyline. I, I mean, I did get where he was going with the storyline. I mean, clearly it's a pretty simple storyline. Boy loves girl. Girl doesn't love boy. Girl cheats on boy. <laughs> like boy girl, kills yeah. himself. Girl, girl wants to leave boy, but then girl wants to be with boy. But then he, she wants to sleep with other people, and then, but she still wants to be with boy. And then she yeah, wants so to that's where I was going with this was th- like the she the, is the worst. The main concept was there. Well, but also like the scenes were out of place. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, you had no her continuity. talking like to her mom, being like, "I don't well, love him anymore." But then the next but, scene, she was talking about how she loves him. Even within the same scene, she she goes back and forth. <laughs> like, one of those scenes scene. with her mom, it's like they're talking, and she's like, "I'm leaving Johnny." And then, like, a minute later, she's like, I guess Johnny's okay. I'll stay with Johnny. Or I love Johnny. Or right. Johnny's good for me. And it's like. And there's really no build up to it. It's just like, I'm leaving Johnny. Yeah. yeah. Or when the mom has says she has breast cancer, it's just like, what? <laughs> but don't worry. Tom- no, she didn't say what. She's just like, it'll be okay. Tommy has assured us post-movie that she survived. Good. Oh, did he really? <laughs> he did something like that. <laughs> Somebody asked him. Yeah, because like, it's never brought okay. back she's up okay. again. That's funny. Yeah. Oh, and just the title of the room. You can't like make this up. Like, why is it the room? Yeah, you know, like, I it, never even thought of that. What's actually. the title about? Like, it's shot on a rooftop in a room as well. Mostly shot in the room. <laughs> I mean, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> there's like two rooms. There's the room, and there's the bedroom, and then there's the rooftop room because that's not outside. <laughs> rooftop. Technically, it was in a room. I mean, technically. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess. I mean, it was all shot on soundstage except for the um, flower shop, I think. Yeah. Which is still there. And the lady oh. the lady in the movie still is- Still works there? Is Doggy yeah. still there? <laughs> is Doggy? Hello, Doggy. It's an old Doggy. <laughs> Maybe she got another one just to keep the bit going. There you go. No, but she she really worked there. It's it's something else now. They They sold it or whatever. The lady in the movie was an employee there? Yeah, that's the owner, I think. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Wow. Oh, hey, Johnny. <laughs> I, didn't I didn't recognize you. <laughs> As if this vampire from, like, Transylvania isn't recognizable. <laughs> so that is my theory. In broad daylight. Is that he actually is a vampire. I mean, we don't know where his wealth came from. We don't know how old he is. He doesn't seem to age. Like I mean, he's, he's aging. He's aged a little bit. You know, he's close enough in the last two years. And uh, he he really doesn't want people to talk about those things. His name's not. Why you real. talk about me? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. His name's not real. It's made up from where he used to sell bird toys in L.A. Yeah, I hadn't heard about that. Yeah, that's it's it's. Wasso and os like it's the French word for bird is wasso but with an O and so it just switched it with the W. Oh, um, so it's like it's not his real name. He says he's from Louisiana, but he's definitely from like um, like Eastern Europe somewhere. He's he said that he spent some time in France, yeah, like as a child, but he he doesn't really admit to like being born there or being yeah. a Frenchman. He's um, quite a mystery. He is a mystery. I think that's what makes this really cool, is that he's he's put this this whole. I mean, he's still doing this bit, mm-hmm. um, intentionally yeah. or not intentionally. I, I'm not sure, but it, there's still a mystery surrounding him, and and people are still interested in him. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of smart um, in some ways. If he's even doing it on purpose, I feel like some of it some of it relates to. I, I do think there's 
probably something like I, going on in his head that's not quite right. I, I think I think he had a brain injury at some point. He was involved in a car wreck. They he talks about. He? Yeah, oh, okay. I feel like that's um, like like uh, his thinking and his voice, his speech. I feel like. I don't know. It's just such a weird, like the way he speaks and well, his accent. Is... Traumatic brain injuries can change your whole personality. Yeah, the oh, way for they sure. Talk. That's what I mean. It's I mean, like, there are even people was... who have traumatic brain injuries and then wake up speaking a different language, a yeah. different, or a different yeah. accent. Yeah, that's not theirs yeah, and not one they've I mean. ever it's... had. Yeah, right. could be could be from Louisiana. I mean, and had this injury and well, and and we were I, we all started reading the book. Yeah, but I in mean, that it, I was listening to it, and I'm not very far in. But basically, I would today I was just getting to the part where he goes to Tommy's apartment for the first time, and as he was describing that and and what we know about Tommy, it honestly reminded me of like Michael Jackson, where he was kind of like child mentality, mm-hmm. but also did these weird extravagant things like with his house and stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I, and he, just, sur- he surrounded himself with younger people, too. Right, exactly, which Tommy does as well. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if there's something there, or, but that's, I don't know. It just really reminded me and of that. It, I mean, it definitely comes off the little, the some of the book that I read, like he's very erratic and just kind of a jerk to, to a lot of people, like to, to him, like he like he's, can be very, I don't know how to describe it, but just like, like there's not, so, there's something's wrong with him. Well, and he's just not like cognizant of other people's. Of reality, right? Yeah, <laughs> in a lot of ways. Like Tommy, we you show up to four four hours late on your first day, and yeah, like he just doesn't understand how what what other people are doing and how how his actions are affecting everyone else around him, right? Uh, personal, personally there. and professionally, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, it sounds like he was also good to the people that he was good to. I mean, I know throughout. The time, Greg, I know like in the part I'm already in, he was thinking about quitting acting because it was going bad for him. And like Tommy gave him more confidence and convinced him not to do it, not like not to quit and things like that. So it sounds like he was also good to the people. They, there was a... Um, and he paid him good to be in the movie and all, I mean, you know, like he was good to the people at the same time. Yeah, I think I think they both, you know, worked hand in hand together. Mm-hmm. But but Tommy definitely was a jerk to him at times. I think he sure. I think he tried to control Greg. And I think that's why he offered him his his apartment in L.A. is so he could have some sort of control over uh, uh, this man. I mean, I think that dynamic really strained their relationship. And that's when they there's there's some fights in the book that they get into. And, you know, Tommy says he can't live in his apartment anymore and um, it was like cashing his checks from like Tommy was I, I kind of he, he was so um he had been paying I think Tommy like $200 a month to stay in this nice LA apartment which is incredible that's yeah. a nice gesture of Tommy to do that for him but he wasn't cashing the checks that Greg was paying him and then all of a sudden he starts cashing all of them. he cashed them all at once and like he pretty much like went through his entire savings uh, so he'd do stuff like that. Um, I don't know if that's intentional or just he's got all this money and he didn't care about it. I mean, you know? Yeah, that's what I mean is like there's just like a, a lack of understanding of what's of the, the world around him. Yeah. You know. It's, and it sounds like we're diving off of the movie, but yeah, this is, uh, but at the same time, it's, we're not because it is so important. I think it is important to understand yeah. them as real people to go and watch this movie. Like originally, you guys told me I should watch 
The Room and then The Disaster Artist. Mm -hmm. I am so glad I watched The Disaster Artist first because it gave me quite an understanding of the people. I think if I had just watched The Room, I might have hated it. And like, well, it's just yeah. like it's how this how this happened. Having some understanding, right? But the film in context. So that you can be like, oh, that's why this is terrible. That's right. That's why uh, this turned out so weird. Yeah. So that that's, I think, is how I would have people watch it. But um, but I also think it's because they did a great job with the disaster artist on kind of capturing yeah. the personalities of them. Oh, James no. Franco is just perfect as yeah. Tommy. Yeah, he did a great job. I think I think all the casting was really good. I mean, Dave Franco I think was great as Greg, and of course, you know, we had Zac Efron. Um, <laughs> he was Chris great R. as Chris R. <laughs> I, was, I still was, want an explanation for the name Chris R. Yeah, uh, it, uh, it's, it, like, it's in the beginning of the book. Is it okay? I'll yeah, tell uh, he said. I remember them talking. Why about is it. it Chris R? And he said because he's like gangster. I thought it was something like that. I thought it was just like he's just Chris R. That's it. No, that's, he said something like okay. because he's because he's a gangster. I know they yeah. mentioned that in the at the start of the book, but I don't remember. Yep. Well, back to the the room. I mean, that Chris R. scene where he's he's a drug dealer and um, randomly and he's <laughs> shows up on a rooftop. Goes up on a rooftop <laughs> and he's he's trying to reclaim some money from Denny. Which who, is the weird next door neighbor who's supposed to be like fifteen or sixteen, but he's like twenty five. He's in real older life. than everyone else. He's also in the like cast. a voyeur. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my god. That opening scene. Yeah, it's so weird. <laughs> Where he's. I want to. I want to have a pillow like, fight with you. Like going to go have sex, and he's like, "Can I watch?" Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> it was completely inappropriate. I don't think that's <laughs> what it was meant to be. Also, who's but Denny? It was weird. Oh, oh, that's right. He's because he comes off like he's his son, but. Yeah. I'm no, he's right the neighbor now. that he's he kind of took care of or something. Of. But to me, that scene was like the most well-acted scene in the entire movie. Like, Chris the R. Chris was the R. best actor yeah. in the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. For sure. And yeah. Zac Efron did a great job as portraying he him. He did. Yeah. That's Getting into character was great because yeah. Diddy was just scared to death. Right. He was, he was character acting and he was just dropping all these curse words and screaming, yeah. getting prepped for the scene. And I think it's hilarious. It is. It, I mean, it... And how oh, there's so many scenes like that in this movie in the room. Once again, they're either the scenes are out of order or the scenes are just random. Like never before is it mentioned Denny has a drug problem. Never after is it mentioned Denny has a they drug problem. They had to get the gun into Tommy Wiseau's hands somehow. Yeah, nah. that's why. Because they take the gun from Chris R, and that's the gun that Tommy shoots himself with. Well, um, well, according to Tommy, uh, it's not clear enough. Yeah, it's not at all. <laughs> Danny has a mental disorder in the movie. It's supposed to have. Unfortunately, Tommy did not tell make that in the movie. Tell the actor that. Oh. <laughs> well, he was very secretive with the script too. Like yeah. they, they all didn't have the completed script. They just had their lines. I, I love it. That explains so much of the movie. Right. It's like it's written like you. He's supposed to have some thing, but he. He's but he acting, doesn't because he's just acting like a grown up, like you know, leave it to Beaver kid. kind right. of kid. It's like exactly, exactly, yeah. <laughs> that is it's hilarious. So brilliant. I don't know. It just like I said, if you get past that first first half, it felt like that. The rest of the movie is is golden, and there's so many funny things. And one thing I noticed that I kept laughing at, and nobody else in the theater was laughing at, 
and maybe it's not that funny, but every time they come into the living room or whatever it is, that door they come through, for the whole scene, the door would stay open. They never <laughs> shut the door behind them. <laughs> yeah, so true. they come through and they just stand near the door and chat and the door is just wide open all the time. And I... I don't know why, but that was hilarious to me. Well, and two, they would they would like walk in the door. They'd say, "Oh hi," yeah, and uh, and then they go, "Okay, bye." Okay, yeah, bye. yeah. It's just like in and out. Everybody was in and out of that room. And I, I love that because the the mom eventually says something about like how many people come in and out of here every day. Yeah. There were so many lines that the the mom had that made me laugh because it was things I was thinking about the movie <laughs> and it seemed almost meta yeah. and it was yeah. just what you knew it wasn't because it was not that forethought out but it seemed meta and I thought it was super hilarious. It almost seems like she ad-libbed that part. But. Right. <laughs> She's like this makes no sense. How many people come in here? <laughs> Do you know what got me in like that same kind of way? The fact that every time they see each other oh hi like or Hi, so and so, like they reintroduce yeah. everyone every time. Yeah. Like every time you see your friends, you're like, hi. Like it would be like if I walked into work every day and was like, hi, Aaron, every time I walked by the desk and was going to talk to like one of you guys. I think you should do that. <laughs> no, yeah. It's <laughs> <That's Polite>. a lot. <laughs> it's just like, I also like that. Just start talking. <laughs> oh, has to go in front of every hi. Oh, yeah. hi. Oh, oh, hi. Oh, hi. <laughs> like, oh, hi. Well, you, you definitely learned the characters' names. 100%. Yeah, what? I know who Lisa and Denny and Chris are. Chris are, yeah. Uh, I, feel, I feel like we've Mark. already covered like the whole gist yeah, Mark, of the movie. Who's Peter? Peter is the... Uh, or is it Peter the, the therapist? The psychologist, yeah. yeah. And then they randomly introduced Stephen at the end. Don't know. Yeah. Where did he come from? <laughs> is he the random guy that was so worried about their relationship? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's just like I haven't seen you. He for wasn't the in the whole hour. movie. This is an atrocious friend group. Like everybody knows and nobody is saying anything. Yeah, also that's true. So before we Nobody cared about Johnny at all. So what are some things that you think from a like if this were an actual movie? You know, I mean, it is an actual movie. Yeah, we went um, to the theaters and saw it, man. Yes, if this were a decent movie, what are some of the things that the room does well? Like, actually, does well. Before I talk about like Chris R. Yeah. How short is this list? Yeah, I don't think you guys got any. <laughs> I mean, I I do think with all the horrible scenes and stuff. I mean, I. I do think it was, like I said, the idea behind what the movie was about was able to be seen. Obviously, Johnny really loved Lisa. Lisa was unsure, for sure unsure, (laughs) (laughs) depending on the scene, about Johnny. And Johnny and Mark had a good, like a good friendship until they didn't. And I think that's what the movie's about. So I (laughs) think like that comes through. Yeah. In uh, its own way. I'll say at least uh, he did shoot some of the movie in 35 millimeter. Yeah. Some of it. And then also shot it in HD, which requires different lighting and equipment. Like you don't. And I could tell like each time they would switch. Like this is a shot on film. This is a shot on digital video because the video is softer and the colors are different. Yeah. But it's like, like who? He bought the cameras. He spent like half a million dollars on the cameras. And the lenses were like thirty, forty thousand dollars a piece. It's yeah. He spent over six million on this movie. Yeah, 
of well, his own money. Six million, that includes the promotion. So that includes paying. I figured this up yesterday. That billboard yeah. that it kept up for five years. Mm-hmm. Movie, uh, the movie only showed for two weeks. I didn't know it was up for five years. That's great. He kept it up for five years, paying a total of three hundred grand. Mm-hmm. Just, just to keep a, that billboard, billboard up for five years. That's another mystery about like, like Tommy. How does he afford to do all this? <laughs> right. Nobody knows. No one the billboard knows. too, like that image of him with because he's a vampire. <laughs> it's just so weird. There's a so like the room cost six million to make and it has turned a profit. It has become profitable. Well, yeah. But it made $1,800 its opening weekend. Right. And Tommy paid to have the theater open for two weeks. Yeah. 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 So, so it could be nominated for an Oscar. But I like that there's right. this group of guys. <laughs> That's true. That, like, they went to pretty much like the first showing, mm-hmm. and they were just like, this is amazing. And then like they started showing up for the next, uh, I think like the last showing, like they brought spoons and all these accessories to like throw at the s- screen and like. You know, got get like get interactive. Around. Yeah, like Rocky Horror or something. I you yeah. know I've heard worn ties. I've heard a couple times the spoon thing mentioned. So the Where spoon, does the spoon so come spoon, from? I didn't actually notice it, and but <laughs> I was reading about it. So apparently, the production designer was like, the set's a little sparse, like the living room set, mm-hmm. and. So Tommy was like, go out and buy some stuff, and so they bought like what, picture frames and you know whatever, and. The set dresser was like, do you want us to put pictures of you guys in them? And he's like, no, no, no. And what was in the picture frame, like the stock pictures of spoons. Oh, that's hilarious. Are in the picture frame. <laughs> okay. I didn't notice. Uh, I didn't I'll notice have to, that either. If I, have to watch, if, I, if I watched again, I'll definitely keep an eye out. I would apparently t- that's where the spoons come from. I want to share this with people. So I'm going to try to make some of my friends watch it with me. And I'm going to look for that because that is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I mean. It's like, like He put so much money into the movie. Of his own money. Mm-hmm. But then when it got to like stuff like that, he's like, that's fine. Yeah. Spoons. There I was, like spoons. Or, Why can't Johnny <laughs> like spoons? Don't worry about that. There he was, can be very stingy with his money too. Like the deal with the water on set. Yeah, no water on set. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you don't get water anywhere in LA. <laughs> Not paying them like on time. and. There was a girl at the movie theater while we were there that had spoons. Oh, did she? Yeah. Oh, did she? Yeah. She was walking out with them. A bunch oh. of plastic spoons. I was gonna say one of the things I thought was the well is I hated Lisa. I thought she was an awful person. Well, I think <laughs> like it was, the whole time. Like that was, was well done. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. It was written um <laughs> kind of from like a mis- what's misogynistic point of view. Mm-hmm. Uh so you were made to hate Lisa through the eyes of like a misogynistic man. Mm-hmm. Um, which also made me feel gross for hating her. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, I mean, yeah, she definitely was hated because they made it very clear that it was her fault and only her fault. So she was a bad person. Uh, yeah. yeah, she made people do things they didn't want to do and with he, her witchcraft, I guess. I don't know. And it, it made it also seem like Greg really wasn't that bad for what he was doing, you know, having the... Uh... The that's what I'm with her. That's what yeah. I mean. Like it's yeah. as if it was only only she was involved in the affair. Um, not his best friend. Yeah. Like but. she like she coerced him into it. Right. She made him do it. Because even after Johnny shoots himself, they have at the end where they're over the body and he starts like blaming her big time and tells her to get out of the house. Like only he's allowed to be with dead Johnny. And because they're best friends, but you so, know, because of her wizardry. Well, he did even even he is like kind of uninterested. Like the first couple scenes he has with her, he's very uninterested. He's just like very uninterested. Okay, bye. 
Like when yeah. he's talking to her. It's yeah. not like I think it's supposed to be him being a good friend. Yeah. But uh it just, you know, wasn't written like that. <laughs> no. Not into her like that. Which is what everyone tells her, like the whole time is like Greg doesn't love you. Oh well. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually they have her say in one point, well, if he doesn't, somebody else will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I I was just like, oh man. This this writing. <laughs> it's not great. It's not great. But it I mean Overall, though, it's, it it was a people that knew I was going to the movie have asked me how it was, and the only way I could describe it is it was an experience, mm-hmm. and I'm glad it happened in the theater. Like it, the whole thing was an experience. I mean, I enjoyed it though. I laughed a lot. Oh yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed the whole the whole experience. I thought it was fun. Do you imagine just seeing that movie on opening day? Thinking, oh, like not knowing, yeah, yeah not knowing. Okay, let's go see like, this. There's a lot of, I mean, there's a billboard for it. it. Has to be a good movie. Yeah, somebody paid to put a billboard up. Yeah, mm. it looks like it's about uh, like a, a vampire? Man, man with a <laughs> a vampire. It's about a vampire. A sleepy vampire. <laughs> yeah, I it. I couldn't imagine like walking in, not knowing what it was, and which I kind of was be, hoping would happen at the theater. I would have we like, I want a refund. Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping that somebody was just going to the movies and was like, ah, let's see The Room. Like, not knowing. Yeah. And it was just on the list of movies and picked it. It was called The Room Celebration 20th Anniversary. Like, yeah. this must be an important film. Right. Exactly. It like, is. Oh, this must be a classic. I've never heard of this movie. Masterpiece. TCM and... is really doing a great job. <laughs> <laughs> I could not imagine. I mean... It'd be wild. Oh, if I had a, if I could time travel, oh, I would go back and, <laughs> and go just to go to the day. opening day. Yeah, just to see it, um, <laughs> or try to get on set somehow. <laughs> it would be in the room. Be an extra or something. Yeah. Oh, just to just watch that process. Yeah. And you see a lot of that in the Disaster Artist, which yeah. is great. Right. Yeah. Now, I mean, on the other hand, what. Which we taught, we mentioned we're all, most of us are reading the book or whatever now, mm-hmm. The Disaster Artist. So, Greg, or yes, Greg, Greg that's his real name. Greg wrote a book about meeting Johnny and his life with Johnny and the creation of the room. And it's called The Disaster Artist. Tommy. Tommy. Who did I say? Johnny. Johnny. Which is his oh, character. Tommy. Yeah, same. I'm pretty sure they're the same person. Okay, so Tommy. And and then I guess James Franco got a hold of it and turned it into a movie, or one of them well, did. I saw where Tommy said like he wanted either Johnny Depp or James Franco. Those I mean, the, that's pretty those, good casting on his part. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I think either one would yeah, work. Those are who he wanted to play him. Okay. It's James Franco, Dave Franco, and then all kinds of people. Yeah, yeah like Seth it. Rogen and mm-hmm. Allison Brie. Like Zach Brian Efron. Cranston. Uh yeah. Which that never happened. Like him getting offered a shot on Malcolm in the Middle. I think yeah. it was originally gonna be um it was gonna be somebody else who had like a big show at the time, but that never happened. See, way. I, that threw me off because that made me feel really bad for Greg. And then yeah. it wasn't even a real event. Yeah. I mean I think there was like like things like it that happened. Greg did things not like want it, to shave but, his beard. Yeah. Right. Because he felt like it was part of his look. Right. Like like in real life. But he was like made to in the movie. Yeah. That was Can we like a take a thing. moment to talk about the the the, the biggest act like the biggest actor of the disaster artist? What? Dave Franco's fake beard. Fake beard. How about before we get much deeper into the disaster artist, we'll take a break here and 
hear some announcements from the library, and then we'll come back and really dive into the disaster artist. Obi here uh, with the adult services announcements for the library. We have a whole bunch going on because it's June and summer reading is upon us. So if you've not signed up for our summer library program or summer reading program, come on by the library and sign up for that. But for events this month, obviously, if you're listening to this, it is the first and we've released a new episode of the Real Opposites podcast. Our next episode is going to come out uh, June 15th. Now, June 2nd, we have our first meeting of the Cryptic Coloring Club the that will have two meetings this summer. Um, but this first one, just come on by. We have coloring sheets. This is an adult program, but just come by, relax and color with us and enjoy some cryptid fun fact. Then on Monday, June 5th, we have our first welcome meeting for our book club. If you want to participate in the book club this summer, you need to come to the welcome meeting. Uh, we will have snacks and tea and we will be meeting the 5th at 6 p.m. Then Friday, June 9th, we will have our Whimsical Watercolors with Joanne Jacobs starting at 5 p.m. Saturday, June 10th, we will have the South Charleston Interpretive Center tours at 11 and 1.30. So come on by the library and then we'll send you across um, to the Interpretive Center for your tours. Closed for Juneteenth and West Virginia Day. But the first day back, um, June 21st, our Bigfoot um, researchers are coming in. So we will have In the Shadow of the Big Red I with producer and lead investigator Mike Familiat um, at 7 p.m. here at the library. And then the last thing that we have in June is on the 26th, we will have our first book reading meeting of the book club where we will be discussing the devil all the time. But remember, if you want to participate in book club, we do need you to come to that meeting on the 5th. All right, I'm going to pass it on over to Kindle where she will have lots of announcements about youth and what they're doing this summer in outer space. Hey everyone, Kendall here. And we are so excited to be going out of this world this summer for our reading program entitled the SCPL Reading Rocket. Uh, so starting uh, next week on Tuesday the 6th, we'll start having weekly programs for different age groups every week. Tuesday is for school age kids, so these are kindergartners through fifth graders, and we have programs at 10.30 and again at 6.30. And these are identical programs, but um, we just want to offer them at different times of the day for different family schedules. We have our teen program uh, starting on Wednesday, June the 7th. That runs from 3 to 5 p.m. and is open to teens in grades 6 through 12. And then on Thursdays, starting Thursday, June 8th, we have our early literacy program. So this is perfect for kiddos from birth through age four or five, perfect for toddlers, preschoolers, and those programs will be at 10.30 and again at 3.30. Uh, so like I said, those will be every week. Um, during the summer on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, with a few exceptions. As Toby mentioned, the library is closed on June 19th or Juneteenth, and then again on June 20th in honor of West Virginia Day. Uh, so that week we will not be having regular programs, but instead, um, on that Friday, June the 23rd, Starting at 3, we're going to show the movie Wally, -E, a personal favorite, and we'll also have um, some crafts that kids can work on, popcorn and juice, and that'll also be an opportunity for kids to bring in recycled robots, which would be robots they've made out of materials they found around the house to add to our robot display. So that is a quick uh, overview of all of our youth programs for the month of June, but if you are interested, I strongly encourage you to check out our Facebook page and or our website for more more details, um, or you can pick up a hard copy of the calendar here at the SCPL Circulation Desk. But without further ado, I'll pass it back to Miss Toby. Thanks so much for listening. 
All right, guys, and we're going to send you back to the show. All right, so we're back from the announcements from the library, and I guess we're going to kind of dive into the disaster artist. So I know you said about the beard, you know, didn't didn't look <laughs> didn't look good. What I mean, what do you think about the disaster artist? Other than that, I remember like I've seen it before. I saw it on Christmas Day by myself, <laughs> which is like when it premiered. Yeah. It's very, it's very I Tommy I just went home. <laughs> I once took myself to IHOP for Christmas by myself. <laughs> that is much worse. You win. You win. <laughs> I think there was like two other people in the theater uh, when I saw it. And I wasn't crazy about it. I was really looking forward to it. So I thought it, like, the trailer looked great, the cast mm-hmm. and everything. But it didn't really, I don't know. It did, Like at the time, it didn't do much for me. Like I didn't right. find it terribly funny or like engaging. But watching it again... Like six years later, I I laughed really hard and like I think knowing more about it too, yeah. like I read up a little bit and it was just really it's a really good movie. It's really funny. They're, everyone's really committed to the movie. Like Franco's really great. Yeah, in the movie, like he really like the accent's a little too thick for like what's actually in the movie. Like actual Tommy accent. I think it's on purpose. Yeah, I think yeah to make it's him a little just a little bit more of a caricature than yeah. Now, yeah. the first time you saw it, had you already seen the room? Yeah, I'd seen like the roof oh, okay. tracks. Okay, um, but so that's why I was like excited because I knew this was really right. You know, it's a, it looks like it would be fun. I think that maybe the trailer made it look like it was more of a, a little bit more zany and comedic than yeah. the movie ended up being. Um, you know, I think I enjoyed it. This was my second time watching it, and I think I enjoyed it a lot more the second time watching it. Yeah. The first time, it didn't really hit me because um, I had read the book, and I think I was just expecting something else maybe. Yeah. Right. Um, but I, I did. I liked it. I just didn't enjoy it as much as I did the second time watching yeah. it. Yeah, I really had a good time. Well, this was, this was my first time watching it as well as my first time diving into this whole culture that is Tommy. It's but. Culture. What is it? Did I say culture. the wrong name again? No, 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 no. Just oh. like it's a culture. I don't know. I don't even know what to call it. Like this, this Tommy whole, multiverse. The planet. This whole thing that's happening. It's Tommy's planet. Yeah. So it was my first introduction. What to- just saying? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and maybe he's a vampire. I don't know. It was it was just my first introduction to any of this. Uh, like I said earlier, you guys said, like, watch the room, then watch the disaster artist. Yeah. But it's better I, to do it the way what is it? The way you did it, it's better. I yeah, I think I think it is, but also I absolutely loved The Disaster Artist as a movie itself. So I didn't know much about anything when I watched yeah. it, but I felt like it really did well in telling me what it was about, but all the actors that are in it and it I don't know, I found it hilarious. It's also got that kind of independent movie feel mm-hmm. to it, yeah. and I love that. But this is probably one of my favorite movies we've watched in a while. Uh that like hit into something I would w- have watched on my own yeah. kind of thing. Um, I, I absolutely loved it. Yeah. I, I think I, for me, one of the things that was weird, I felt it was kind of off. Like I feel like they did a great job nailing all the characters down, all this, is when they would do scenes from the movie, they're just all naturally better actors than the actors <laughs> that are actually yeah. in the movie. So they're like too good. 
like they're good actors trying to be bad actors and they still can't quite get to the like level of awkward stiltedness that the real movie has. They're close. I I mean, I think they're not going to, but I thought they got pretty close because at the the end they do show scenes side by side. Yeah. And I I mean, I thought they were pretty decent. They pretty nailed the, like the, the shot composition and the, it has to do with their actors and the timing and everything. Their faces are more in it. Well, yeah, in a for way sure. that makes it more believable because I feel like with the actors that actually do it, they're so like dead. Yeah, yeah. That it, like, I think James Franco doing the scene where he comes out with the water bottle and is like, "I did not hit her." Oh my oh, god, hi, yeah, Mark! <laughs> I did not. That was his first take in the movie, I think, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. It, it was. It took yeah. thirty-seven takes or something. <laughs> it took like four hours to film that little five-second scene. <laughs> but like, I thought he captured that when they showed that side by side. I was oh, like, yeah. "Oh my gosh!" And the thing that this movie did for me was get me excited to go to the room <laughs> because I, I always am. Even sometimes, if it's a movie that you pick, that I'm like, okay, I'm going to absolutely love this. I'll be excited. But then there's times where I'm not going to be, and I'm I like dread it. This was kind of in the middle. But then once I watched the Disaster Artist, I was like pumped for for the movie. Like I was excited and ready to go until we got to the movie, <laughs> and there were Three minutes all the sex scenes, like soft music, yeah, candles. <laughs> but so I mean, as far as the Disaster Artist, I thought it was great. That was something that did you guys. Did you notice, I know you're tuning out everyone else in the theater, but when that scene happened, like, almost everybody in the theater was shouting the words at the screen. What scene? The, I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. Oh, hi, Mark. Like, the whole audience was yelling it. I did not notice that. (laughs) And, like, when I watched The Disaster Artist, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's probably why everyone knows every word to that scene. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> so you do it over and I mean, over for over better over. or worse, that's one of the more memorable moments in a movie for <laughs> in sure. the last 20 years. Yeah. Well, it also just doesn't make much sense, of course, like <laughs> a lot of the scenes. Why is Mark already on the roof? Why is anybody on the roof? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'd hang out on my roof if I had a roof, I think. I mean, if it had like a sure. cool like patio and like tables. Well, and, maybe like, it did. Fire, it was just off pit. scene. Yeah, it's just off scene. <laughs> they just didn't couldn't afford it. It's got a concrete stuff. slab. It's okay. <laughs> Bad. The, the, uh, what kills me is like just like so he spent all this money, but he spends it in like the dumbest ways possible. So like that scene with Chris R and Danny is was originally shot like in the Disaster Artist. They shoot it in that fake alleyway, even though right. there's an alleyway right outside they could have yeah. just shot it in. <laughs> and supposedly, I forget which one, but that took two weeks to shoot, I think. One of them took two weeks. Anyway, they, they ended up reshooting the scene for in the roof, and that's how it is in the movie. Mm-hmm. But they, re- they shot that scene twice where Chris R. is threatening Danny. Right. Um, and both times... Just go shoot it on a rooftop. Yeah. Right. Or just shoot it in an alleyway. Yeah, they created <laughs> and, the rooftop. Yeah, at a cost of like extra $80,000. And it's not even that great. No, it's a really terrible blue screen. Like there's no understanding of how three-dimensional space works with this. Like <laughs> how do you comp in the cityscape behind you? It just looks terrible. <laughs> hey, yeah, and I mean, you would think... He could have spent a lot less money just to like close down an alley yeah. or, or borrow a roof from any building. I mean, even Stanley Kubrick would have been like, "Okay, we can, we can move on." 
It goes, yeah. it goes back to his like control. like a day of shooting and then move on. Right. He's a controlling person and he wouldn't listen to anybody. Like yeah. he didn't know how to make a movie. Right. And he had people there that did know how to make movies yeah. and he wouldn't listen to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's why you got what you got. Yeah. That's, that's how it ended up the way. Like you couldn't try to make a movie. Like you have to actively have to try to make a, like Tommy, like the, the just the ego involved to try to make a movie this good. <laughs> I was reading some of these little facts, and there are two of them that are great. Seth Rogen and Jonah Hill were early fans of the film. And at one point, Jonah Hill actually saw Tommy Wiseau at a grocery store in Los Angeles and oh, was yeah. so starstruck that he secretly took a picture of Wiseau and sent it to Rogen. <laughs> and then it also says that in almost every interview for The Disaster Artist, James Franco mentions that Tommy Wiseau approves of 99.9% of the film. His only objections were the lighting of the first scene, which Franco believes was because Tommy was wearing sunglasses when he was watching the scene, <laughs> and also for the poor way James threw the football. <laughs> which <laughs> is so funny because in going back to the room, every time they toss the football, they're, they could just hand it to each other. They're standing like so close. Yeah. yeah. Like, just cramped a little alleyway. There so is no like, tossing. I think a couple of times they just kind of underhand, like, yeah, it's not even like a throw. No, like, you could literally just lob here, it. Yeah, it. which is so. I think it's funny that that's like one of the things he's any, not a fan anytime of. Anytime anybody asks him about about like why is why are they throwing footballs, he's like football fun. <laughs> yeah, football's fun. It's an American game. Yeah, this is a big American, American movie. We need yep. American football. So funny. <laughs> I like that every time they have the football out, someone gets hurt, even though they're tossing it literally three feet. <laughs> Yeah, the one like, dude that goes for the throw and he's a yeah. face plants. Face plants, the other guy, like, well, he throws no it feet. into Denny's stomach somehow and injures Denny <laughs> at one point. like Yeah. I don't know. There's so many things about that movie, though. But I, but I think overall, The Disaster Artist, it, it does give you a good look through what led up to this movie and yeah. what... <laughs> What like, happened during this movie? And like what it was like to make the movie. I think that's yeah. the best thing it does is like what it was like on set. Right. And how frustrated everyone was getting with him. Yeah. Like, the, like his bathroom set. Like the bathroom that he had made for himself. Oh, set. yeah. And yeah. it was like, You paid that much money for that? And yeah, he spent like, yeah. re, like rerouting can't have like water. plumbing and everything. And, yeah. And have the, his own bathroom. Um. Oh, what's his name? Now that I don't think that's not in the disaster artist the movie I don't think is it the bathroom it? yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's in bathroom the in it? yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. and then and then I know it was in the book Seth Rogen goes we have a real bathroom with doors right there yeah <laughs> like oh, okay. right next to it. I just don't remember it Seth Rogen is like I'm for a few li- he doesn't have a ton of lines but like every one of them is great yeah, <laughs> yeah he's this. great like, in it well, I mean great. it's yeah he's usually pretty good. He just plays Seth Rogen. Yeah. More yeah. That's all it is. Right. I So if I miss something, then I definitely need to go back and watch it anyways. I, I plan on rewatching it. Yeah. The Disaster Artist, at least. The Room, only if I can convince people to watch it with me. Yeah. I don't need to see it a second time personally. No, I think I'm good like, on yeah. that one for a while. I mean, if someone was like, let's watch The Room, I'm like, okay. Right. Mm-hmm. The, but. I mean, if yeah, but I'm not gonna like borrow. Hey, you want to watch the room? Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna borrow it from the library. Which, by the way, we have both movies. I'm not gonna do that, and then just like set it home by myself and watch the room. 
It's definitely uh, right. like a party kind of movie. Yeah. You need to have friends there. Like, right, exactly. And I think it'd be good to do both. You should watch it Christmas Day by yourself. <laughs> right before I go to I IHOP. New tradition. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> I like how like frustrated like Paul Shear, who's like I think he's one of the producers. He gets really upset with Tommy and is like about ready to quit. Like I think they're filming the sex scene. Like that just kind of like the like that scene's really great. Like how it shows like everyone's frustration on set with him and how he just had no idea how to make a movie and right. Well now like, he because he's like it's a sex scene, so usually it's a closed set, so there's only like a few key people like the cameraman, director, you know. right. And he's just like, no, open set. And he just walks out with like a trash bag yeah. tied around his member. Mm-hmm. It's like trash bag. Not a trash bag, a uh, brown paper bag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very strange. <laughs> yeah. And he, he, he treated in that process too, like he treated the actress that played Lisa terribly. terribly yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, just humiliated her. Yeah. yeah. And, because uh, she had like moles or something. She had moles. Yeah. She had some acne on her back. And she, he was like, "This, this not beautiful. Cover it up." And in in the book, they mentioned too that the um, the dress that she wore, it just wasn't, it wasn't like form fitting enough. Mm-hmm. And it and it, you know how like they say, you know, on camera it adds ten pounds or whatever. Yeah. And they were saying that 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 dress also added a little bit, and like just they were they were just unable to properly do costume design right yeah because tommy would wear whatever he wanted to wear right. um, didn't listen to him and they just threw her in this dress and jackets that three three sizes too large and chains and, and then all kinds of stuff in his pockets and oh yeah i noticed that from after watching the disaster artist and he's just like furiously stuffing stuff in his pockets before his first take yeah and then i noticed it in the movie in the room it's just his pockets are like bursting <laughs> it's like cargo pant pockets are just like bursting at the seams. It's so funny. That's the point of cargo pants, I guess. I mean, I yeah, guess. just really nailing that in. That's what I always do. I just stuff a bunch of tissues and papers every day. Just I don't know. How, see how much it can fit com- in. Makes me feel comfortable. It's like right. a little coping mechanism. It's like a little padding, just in case you fall or something. Yeah, you never well, yeah. I might fall on my thigh. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think one thing that the book does really well, and they don't show in the movie quite as much, and it's it's one thing that I, I enjoyed about the book was seeing the behind the scenes of the movie industry and Greg's his whole trying to to get cast in movies, yeah. and he actually he picked up a, a movie in Romania like right before the room and did it. Um, it was like retro Puppet Man or something like Puppet that. Master. Puppet Master, yeah. Yeah. Um, he filmed that. And he was like, he had just got a soap opera, I think. Like yeah. During production or uh, of The Room. Like he had got a role on a soap mm-hmm. opera. Mm-hmm. He lied about that. That's what the book said. Oh, did it? Oh, yeah. Oh, he did, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He, oh. he went out for an audition of it. And then when Tommy wanted oh, to switch okay. him with the other guy that was actually supposed to play Mark. They don't talk about in the movie. They don't talk about it in the movie, but there was another guy that was supposed to play Mark and they were getting rid of him. That guy asked him like, how did it go? And he said, Oh, I got the part because he was afraid it would be obvious that he was going to steal his part or something. Okay. But he did go out for it. It was young and restless. 
This one is, of the biggest soap operas. This is what happens when you only skim the book. You yeah. Have to fool of yourself. So yeah, Tommy. <laughs> Tommy had casted a, a guy named Don the, to play Mark no, Spark. No, his name was Dan. 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 Yeah. And Tommy called him Don. <laughs> Tommy called him Don. Therefore, Greg had to call him Don because Tommy didn't know who he was talking about. <laughs> That's right. So also, people's names did not matter. Um, Tommy just chose new names for them. But there was this whole scene in the book where um, the Tommy was, I guess he didn't want the confrontation yeah, with, basically. With, with telling him that he, he no longer had the part. Yeah. So he made up this elaborate story that um, these other producers were interested in Greg. His other producers. His other producers were interested in Greg and they wanted to, to film like a little reel to send for a movie that he, he, <laughs> might, he might be in. And that was the whole... The whole thing. And so they, they just filmed Mark's scenes. Like he yeah. just he just did the role of Mark. And Dan's or Dan or Don, whatever his yeah. name is, he's just sitting there watching this other guy like performing his role. And he fuming. and he and fuming and it, and you know it hits him. He's like, Yeah, he's, he's got my part. Yeah. I think it kinda worked out. <laughs> well, oh yeah, I'm sure. Greg but. Sestero has gone on to do every single movie that Tommy Busso has done. And they even do one called Best Friends slash Best Fiends. Um, it's friends with the R in parentheses, where oh, it's yeah. like a two-volume film that they've done together. Oh, wow. Two volumes. Two How do you volumes. get these films? I want to watch them. I want to watch them, too. I feel like uh, I want to watch another one. I, I imagine that they're probably available on Tommy's website. Yeah. <laughs> Big Shark Which you can also get one. underwear yeah, with I his need, name on I'm it. I'm going to get me some of those. Yeah. Oh, oh, my God. And he's in a movie with the dad from... Troll 2. George Hardy. Yeah. It's called Cyst. Oh, we need to watch that. Yeah, that's his new one. That's George Hardy's newest movie. Yeah, I guess Greg Sestero is also in it. How do you know that? Uh, Research from our last (laughs) podcast when we did that movie. Yeah, that's his new one. Um, (laughs) Stuff you can't remember. (laughs) You remember? George Hardy's last movie. <laughs> Listen, these are Well, he was like currently promoting it when when we were doing our podcast. Yeah, he was. Oh, Cyst. Oh, sis, I know about this movie. <laughs> I was going to watch that, and I never did. Now I'm going. Who's in it with him? Greg Sestero oh. and George Hardy. Or I, I still want to see that, but I thought Tommy was in it. No. No. That's funny. Um, did you catch this trivia where James Franco only had two people in the mind for the role of Juliet? Oh. You see what the second choice was? All roads lead back to Crossroads because one of them was Britney Spears. That would work. That would have worked. That would have worked. Hmm. I don't know the other person. Is that who did play her? Yeah. No, her played her was, wasn't she on like Glee or something? No, I was saying the girl who played her was the other one he had in mind. Are we talking about Lisa? Yeah. Yeah. Ari Grainer. For some reason, I always get her confused with Debbie something. She she did really well in that role. Yeah. She she looked a lot like her. I feel like James Franco might be a Britney Spears fan because like in Spring Breakers, there's also a huge scene in the movie, and Britney Spears' music is used. I don't know. Maybe he's not. I mean, I mean he wanted a caster. He's the director. Yeah. But I think it's great that he directed the movie. Yeah. Like, we went full Tommy. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like he he probably definitely did. Like, yeah. He kind of became him for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think I remember reading that he was tried to stay in character. I think I've read about could. that about him before anyway yeah. but i feel like it came through in the disaster artist movie like it just it felt authentic 
Yeah, I mean, it feels like I'm just watching Tommy. Yeah. Kind of like a slightly tweaked cartoonish version. More cartoon. Like yeah. just a notch above yeah. Tommy on the weirdo scale. I love I love anything that Allison Brie does. And I especially like it when her and Dave Franco act opposite of each other because they're like a real life couple. Yeah. And they just married. have really great chemistry in everything that they do. Um, Wait, so what? Amber? She's great on Glow. Yeah. I don't know. Who, oh, she's great on Amber? Glow. I feel bitter about that one. Yeah. Who was Amber? It's Greg's girlfriend. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, yeah. Yeah. I like her in everything. Yeah. She's you know what? Charming. I'm going I'm to I'm say something. Okay. I wish there was more Zac Efron in this movie. <laughs> what? Yeah. His scenes are really good. And it, I was like. That's because kinda, Zac Efron is a I good actor. I wish Chris R was in this movie more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is what I've been trying to get to you. <laughs> He's a decent actor. Yeah, he is. He is a pretty good actor. Look at that. I mean, I didn't. I've, I haven't really slammed him. It's just the movie I guess that's choices. true. I guess that's true. And who knows if they were his choices at that time and of age well, and stuff. We could always watch Neighbors. Neighbors is good. Movie. That's also okay. Seth Rogen. He's in it. D- Dave Franco's in it. Yep. Seth Rogen's yeah. in it. It's pretty good. I like that uh-huh. movie a lot. Oh, I have a thing. Apparently, there is a charity remake slash screening coming out this year. Of the room with Bob Odenkirk oh, as yeah. Tommy was. Is it going to be released? I Wait, don't what? know. It was supposed to come out in June. Oh, they man. remade the room. Mm-hmm. It's like a charity reading. It's not like a true remake. And who's that guy? Bob Odenkirk. Bob know. Odenkirk. Better Call Saul. Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. Oh, okay. He's, he's in the disaster artist. He's literally perfect in everything he's in. What was he Sorry. in the disaster artist? He's the you guy know. who tells Tommy oh, that he is a villain. Yeah, like the acting coach. The acting coach with the goatee. Uh, I'm going to have to call him an ogre. <laughs> call him an ogre. <laughs> That's a great scene. I'm hero. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm hero. Yeah. Okay. I remember that. Oh, if you are a villain, you laugh. Ha ha ha. That's what villains do. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. I love I like the, the, thing, the early scene where it's at the acting class mm-hmm. and he's just doing Stella. You know, he's yeah. always doing it. It's yeah. just like all over the set, like climbing the. And Dave Franco's just like, whoa. <laughs> I think he was mesmerized by yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. just wanted like, to be in, in just around him and, mm-hmm. you know, in his circle. Yeah. I think, like, for real, that's what Greg wanted. I mean, that's what it sounds like in his book. Yeah. Yeah. Was, I think it was just one of those things. And I mean, I've met people like that where it's like, this person might be a little off the rails. But at the same time, they just have like this magnetic field that you mm-hmm. want to be in, at least at some point in life. Yeah. Yeah, I've definitely been around people like that as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's it's pretty it's pretty interesting. Yeah, it can be. It definitely can be. And I mean, obviously, there's something there because they're still friends. Yeah. So they're still friends to this day. So obviously the friendship works in some way for Greg and for Tommy. So yeah. that's so pretty every, cool. Like, yeah. you know, six weeks when Tommy comes out of his coffin. <laughs> He gets to, to walk among the living. Decides to screen the room at, you know, Albuquerque or something. So, it's, or work uh, on a different project. Oh, and Greg will also be in the room remake. He is reprising his role as Mark. Cool. So, and they're going to show this like in theaters? I don't think so. I think oh. it's going to be like a charity screening. So it'll probably be just digitally released. Oh, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you guys know how Tommy got his SAG card? Oh, no. Tell um, so... He he basically 
I think I talked about this a little bit earlier with with Greg whenever he shot the retro Puppet Master movie. They they created a, a demo reel for him to be able to give out for for casting calls and things mm-hmm. like that. I did read this whole page. Yes. Oh, I haven't made it there. <laughs> and, yet. and Tommy, Tommy was just like through the roof about this that he got one done, and he had him send him one. And Tommy watched it like a million times, like loved it. And there's a scene at the very beginning where there's like all these candles, and he's like walking down a staircase in this movie Retro Puppet Master. And Greg thought it was like the most like cheesy part of the movie there was, but for some reason Tommy just loved it. Probably all the candles. It was probably the candles. Candles and the eeriness and vampire, yeah, kind of feel. <laughs> uh, so Tommy, so Tommy wants to get a SAG card, but he's not acted at anything. So he he has this fashion line, which is where a lot of people think that he has made his money. Uh, Street Fashion USA, and uh, <laughs> it's a terrible name, but. It sounds like it's straight out of the 90s. Oh, 100%. Which it probably was, yeah. actually. But basically, he creates a commercial for Street Fashion USA, and he uses the exact same scene that was in his demo reel. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Almost like shot for shot. That's hilarious. So he gets a sack card, and he's... And, and it was a big deal for Tommy to get that done. Like, he, yeah. you know, he was an actor now. Right. You know, it wouldn't surprise me, because they were... I was reading that Oscar season book, and they made a rule... I forget, maybe it was like 10 years ago. If you were, maybe, I don't know if it's in SAG, like a similar thing, but like if you haven't worked for so long, you go to like a different tier. Maybe that's why he like does every does something like every few years. Mm-hmm. Oh. Like he does, I don't to know. To stay active. Yeah, to stay active on SAG. Yeah. Wow. Huh. So you can buy I the mean. Tommy Wiseau boxers. They're three pairs for sixteen ninety nine. Oh, it's not bad. For Street Fashion Pretty USA. Cheap. That's actually not that bad. It's not bad. Well. Yeah. Christmas is coming. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's getting boxer briefs. That's just not a bad price Uh, overall. (laughs) I I am tempted. I I, I think I might. Oh, I very well might. Are they on Amazon or just on a site? I would like to point out that I think it's just on a site, but this is the advertisement for tank tops. Why? Why is one person only half wearing it? Look. That's a Tommy Wiseau look, 100%. I'm now understanding that music video yeah. wow. that showed before the movie. Yeah. So th- this is a, his... Yeah, Street Fashion USA. Oh, okay. Yeah. I can't wait that? to look at everything. It's so good, though. There's a lot of great... What's that called? Like Laughter? Yeah. Like that. Sayings Awkward. that come from it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I can't think of the word... Quotes, lines, quotes, quotes, guys. (laughs) Guys, you can get a room Blu-ray with two free boxers designed by Tommy Wiseau for $19.99. That's a deal. I'm I'm doing. I'm totally going to buy that as soon as we get. That's hilarious. I I, want to have a Blu-ray copy in the highest definition. Yeah, right. For sure. Of this plus boxers. Yeah, and I'm going to wear them while I watch the movie. To complete my room. I, I'm sorry Can for you, our little you, advertisement <laughs> of Street Fashions USA. Maybe dye your hair black as well. Me. Yeah, I'll do that while I'm dying it. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the great thing about the movie, though, is, is like you guys said, it is very quotable. There are so many yeah. Oh yeah. great quotes in this movie. See, you said it so much better than I did, but that's what I meant. But it is, I mean, you could like, man, the merchandise for this movie could be never ending. It is. It it. Well, yeah, <laughs> it might be. I for might real. just get some like picture frames with spoons in them. There you go. Set them right. randomly, randomly that would be around the house. That would be hilarious. 
I <laughs> so, hey, it's a it's a talking point. People come over here, it's like, what's up with they're like, what's with the spoons? And I'm like, well, let me tell you yeah, about the room. About the room. I don't I mean it, it but it is. It's so quotable. And then it's it's just one of those things kind of like Troll 2, where it has its own fandom. It has its own that's why I said like its own world or yeah. whatever I said earlier. Yeah. The universe that is Tommy Wiseau and the products of him. Uh, I think it's so fun to just dive into things like that. It's very similar to a movie we did on here, King of Kong, and like him right. and, him oh, and yeah. Billy Mitchell are like kind of parallel right. people. Uh, oh, I'd, yeah. I'd love to just see them two together. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. That's a... I don't know if like the cellular would just burn up. It might. Like, that would... I think it can <laughs> contain that much... What if they re? What if they make a movie? What if they make what, a movie? What if they make a movie and Tommy Wiseau played Billy Mitchell? Yeah. <laughs> oh, perfect. That would be awesome. That's good casting. And then Greg could play his nemesis and Steve Weeby. Steve yeah, Weeby. Steve Weeby. I I'm for this. Can we? Can, I think they can should we make contact that. them about yeah. this. That's actually a great. It's a good plan. It'd be like the disaster artist version of King that. Kong. Yeah. Wow. I can see that. I can mm-hmm. see Tommy being like, "Yeah, one hundred percent." What is he asking when he's doing like the tie thing? It's like, "What are my initials?" Or what are my uh, like, "What do I stand for?" <laughs> Look at the tie. <laughs> I I could totally see this movie happening. Like, it'd, it'd be hilarious, it'd be amazing. We don't want to talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> I got some hot sauce over here. <laughs> Tried the hot sauce, by the way. It's not the greatest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, great. Thanks, thanks for the present, Josh. You're welcome. <laughs> Number one person in the hot sauce industry. <laughs> Me. I think it'd be good. <laughs> you can always come up with the great movie ideas. I know. I know. That is. I mean, I, we've said it before. Why like we that's just what make we this? do. That's legitimately good. And and hire Tommy Wiseau? Sure. Yeah. Or if one of us play Tommy. I don't know. We could do something. This would be <laughs> What if we just somehow it. feed him the idea and. Is he on Twitter? I doubt he, it. I feel like that could be a apparently very hard to contact. Yeah. Because he's in a coffin in six months of the year in Transylvania. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll have to let Greg know. And then he can pass it on I'm to pretty Tommy. Sure he's a, he's so a documentarian believes they have discovered, they're not 100% for sure. That Tommy Wiseau was born in the Eastern Bloc, in Poland. Oh, there people are like spending time to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a mystery. I like the mystery though. It's a mystery. I don't want to know. In potentially 1955. That makes sense. He he looks to a little younger than that, but yeah. yeah. Wait, what was it? He was born in 67. 55. 55. He says he was born in 67 or 69, something like that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, it seems. I mean, he looks like he's in. In the 60s. Yeah. Now. So maybe. Even in the room, he looked like he was older. Yeah, I mean, he's he's at least in his, like, mid-40s. Yeah. Looks like in the room. That's been 20 years. Everyone else is like... He's Greg's age. So (laughs) Somebody's got it. It's like, no, he's 19. Always 19. That's when we were watching the the movie. Oh, they didn't... They really didn't do it justice, the scene where the the mom comes out and talks to him. But in the book, it's, it's great. She just really... Is like scared to death about her son like driving off to California with this man that he's only known for like one month. Yeah, 
And I, I believe his mom was French too. Mm-hmm. And the actress that played her, you know, wasn't. But, Megan Mullally. Yeah, Megan Mullally. She was great in that role. Yeah, she, <laughs> she was pretty fun. Yeah, the, the actual How mom old are was you? French. Same age as her son. <laughs> 19. You're 19 years old. <laughs> like, no. no, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about it. Yeah, don't good. don't worry about that stuff. I just love the what just random laughter he has in the movie. It's like he's like ha ha ha. Yeah, like, oh, it sounds so like this terrible like this terrible story. And it's like ha ha, what a good story. I, 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 it was, I mean, and it, it's like the and there was la- there was that all throughout the movie this random laughter and it's yeah. like he was just laughing. I don't know. Maybe he was just getting so much joy out of making his own movie. Something like, like that. Like, it didn't make sense in the movie. It's emotion. Maybe yeah. nervous in front of the camera. Big emotion. Maybe. Always nervous emotion. laughter. Oh, hi, Mark. I, I think it definitely is a nervous laughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It comes yeah, no human way. being laughs like that. Ha, ha, ha. Well, that's why he's a vampire. So. Yeah. Or an alien. We're not sure. He's from something. Yeah. <laughs> Elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. I guess that kind of wraps up our discussion. I mean, sort of. It's... Yeah, that's where we're going to end it at least. It, it, uh, we, I, I think it was a hard one to to wrap up because they're they're all so intertwined. Yeah, they are. Yeah, I mean, it's, you really, I, I would not advise watching either one without the other. No, for you, sure, you need. This both. This is like the best worst movie in Troll Two. Like, yeah, yeah, they, they they feed off each other. Well, and and clearly, I think we'd also recommend possibly going into the book. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm doing now. I'm going to use that as one of yeah, my I might summer try to reading listen books. To it, like on my next like it, car trip because he reads it right. Yeah, he reads era. it, and like like Todd said, he does Tommy's voice, and it's, it's really great. Good. Oh my it's god, great! I'll Greg does it. his voice. Yeah, I have to check. And and you are getting that firsthand account, and actually his voice. You know, you're hearing him talk about all of this. Yeah. So it's. It's been interesting. I'm not very far in, but it's so it's going to be one of my summer reading books, but it seems like it's going to be good. Oh, before we, I really love the, when they're, when all the actors and the disaster artists are sitting around talking about what the movie's about and they're like, oh, he's had a friend he's jealous of. He has someone who's betrayed him and all this. But then he's like, and then they're like, well, who's Lisa? Do you think there was a girl? And the girl goes, and he's like, no, she's the universe. And oh, like yeah, how Tommy like feels the about the universe because they clearly don't think he's ever had a person yeah. <laughs> because they all watch that sex scene play out. <laughs> um, but yeah. Yeah, you definitely you yeah. feel, you know how feel sorry for him at times. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I don't know. And, and I think another reason that we cannot exactly just wrap this up like we do a normal discussion is there's so much we could just well, I mean I think we could everything leads into something else and you could sit and talk about this stuff forever because it's a, its own little universe for sure we are going to wrap it up there and I guess we need to talk about our next podcast next podcast which is going to be cryptid themed yeah somewhat i say that with a question mark yeah i think i think it's loosely a cryptid theme to kind of go with our adult theme just creatures in a way probably creatures in the forest that may or may not exist yeah like harry and the hendersons okay Uh, that would be a good pick Mm. i I mean i thought about picking that it's a pretty i I used to watch that movie a lot yeah fun fact that's the same guy kevin anderson i think plays uh, harry the mm-hmm. Bigfoot Squatch and Harry and Hendersons is the same guy that plays Predator hmm. in the first two Predator movies. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Hmm. Those are very different roles. Yeah. Very different. But yeah. there's not a lot of like seven foot four 
guys out there. Also that. In the movie business. All right. So movies for the next time. You want me to go first? That's why okay. I'm pointing at you. Yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> ha, ha, good story. A little story. behind the scenes info. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha. Good story, Josh. Uh, <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Good story. So I'm going to do something a little different because I didn't watch a movie that I could think of for this. I like Harry and the Hendersons I've seen. And anyways, but Toby told me about this movie that I think I would like. And I don't know whether you'd like, but you haven't seen it. So it's really, I'm picking a movie that neither one of us has seen. Okay. So that's a little different, but I'm going to pick The Ritual. Oh, okay. I think is the name of it. Yeah. I think you're truly going to enjoy it. Yeah. I I watched the trailer and it looked like something I would like and I planned on watching it before I picked it to be like, oh, yes, I do like it. But that didn't happen. So we're going to... We're going to see what happens. Give it a it. college try. Yeah. I mean, so I we'll guess both I'm picking it. the ritual. <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah. Kind of Toby's picking it. <laughs> hey, now. As a puppet. <laughs> oh, okay. So the ritual, that's what my choice is. All right. So I think in a similar, I don't know. It is similar. <laughs> no, he's I'm deciding between two movies. Yeah. I can tell in his face. That's such a good pairing, man. They're too similar, though. I don't think they are. I say do the other one that wasn't planned. I'm going to pick The Mist. (gasps) Okay. Okay. Those are more similar. (laughs) Okay, fine. (laughs) Well, it's a Stephen King movie. Well, okay. You haven't seen it. I have not, because I haven't read it. (laughs) Are you going to read the book? (laughs) It's a short. I'm not going to have... It's a short. Oh, I might. It's like... It's like one of his, like, I don't know, maybe it's like 150 pages. Okay. It's oh, such, it's maybe. Pretty, we'll it's see. It's a pretty short one. It seems appropriate with all the wildfires, you know. Yeah, we have it outside. That's what Toby was going. like yesterday morning. She messaged us and she was like, are we in the mist? Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I was like, I hadn't heard the sirens. Yeah. She was like, oh, they go off at noon. I'm like. <laughs> it did. You'll, you'll see when you watch the movie. Okay. Uh, so I think I've seen little parts of it. I've definitely seen the ending. Um, oh, you've seen the ending? Yeah. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah, that's not worth it. Wow, that's... Well, I don't know what it... I don't mean... That's a, a really good ending for yeah, a movie, too. That's why I've seen it. Yeah, but that, like, kind of ruins the whole whole thing, if you've seen the Does ending. it, though? I mean, if you know, like, what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, we're still picking it. Yeah, I mean, it's if I read the book... It's a, well, it's a great well, movie, too. And I'm going to lo- loan you my Blu-ray, too. Okay. I want you to watch the better version of the movie. Okay. It's in black and white. So sad. Wow. Your other choice is, one okay. of my, is my favorite horror movie probably ever. Well... Well, save it for the podcast. Another one. Which do you think goes better? I mean, because the the ritual just looks like the descent with dudes. That's why I think it's a great pairing, but they're not that similar when it plays out. I don't well, want to ruin it for Aaron. But yeah, like, don't ruin like, it because that's another one I want to see eventually. Yeah, the, the, the well, we could save the mist for like if you want to do like a Stephen King one. Or we could save it for October or something. Stephen King one would be good. Because that's King why I cool. also think that I mean, because they both take place in like seen. a foresty yeah. background, which definitely feels more cryptidy. I okay. Fine. I think Let's, if if we're going to change the movie, I want all this still in it because I think this was <laughs> all pretty good. Yeah. Well, that's and okay. and, and we can it leave shows it. sometimes. Sometimes this stuff isn't planned. Yeah. I don't know. It I, might not I, stay I in, think but. I think the descent is a better pairing with the ritual and fits the cryptid theme better. Also, 
I am also a Toby puppet. <laughs> <laughs> yes, dance for me. <laughs> Do as I say. <laughs> Aaron, I, I am absolutely drunk with power. <laughs> I uh, changed my choice. I am picking. You the mean the Toby changed your choice? <laughs> I. Yes. I am the producer. I do get to do this. Thanks, thanks, am, Tommy Wiseau. Well, I am actually of my own volition. I choose the descent. <laughs> All right. You. Yes. All right. So it is settled. Our next podcast is going to be the descent and the ritual. Ritual. And that's what we're going to do. That's what we're we're committed to it. Yes. Now. Yeah. We want to thank you, Todd, for being on the podcast again. And once again, you've chosen horrible movies that are great. That we love. Thank you. And I think it's just been another fun, fun podcast. Our first outing to a movie. Yeah. Yeah. We should uh, do it again sometime. It was yeah, fun. that was it was a good way to watch it. Somehow. So stay tuned because who knows what we're going to do next, I guess. Uh, we don't even know, but sometimes Toby does. It's all just a ploy for Todd to pay for our movies. <laughs> <laughs> first one's free. Then you got to pay your own way next yeah. time. I'm like Chris R. <laughs> First taste is free. All right. So thank you, Todd, again for, for being on this episode. And I guess until next time, I'm Aaron. I'm Josh. And this has been The Raw Opposites. <laughs> 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 <laughs>